0: You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. What up, everybody? It's Rob Brandt.
1: And it's Rick Brandt.
0: And we are the Brothers Brandt. And we are coming at you live. With uh, episode nine now, episode nine of the podcast. And this one is Roll Tide Roll with Ricky B. I'm going to be interviewing Rick in a quick minute about his experience in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, aka Titletown, aka T Town. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. But I just want to recap our last episode The Perfect Game with Shane McCarthy, quickly becoming. Number one on the on the Brothers Brand Podcast charts, rising in the ranks, hot, coming in hot. And it was just crazy. It was – Shane pitched a perfect game in college, and he pitched a perfect game for our interview. Thanks again for being on, Shane. It was an awesome, awesome interview. Now, this – interview this is where things we're, we're coming back into the fold of our sports road trips we wanted to throw a game at you it's a unique scenario because it's not the brothers Brant on the road trip I unfortunately could not be on this experience and Ricky B took it underneath his uh took it took it uh to the next level in Alabama and this is where things just got bananas Our sports road trips would never be the same because of the stunts that Rick pulled here. The bar was raised, and just to paint the scene, the University of Alabama is like Mecca of college football. This is the big time. They have 17 national championships in their history, one of the most storied franchises of all time. Um, Since 2009, they have won five national titles. So that's 10, 11 years there. So pretty much flip a coin and Alabama's going to win it that year. (laughs) And if they're not winning it, they're in the national title game or they're in the college playoffs. Um, In the history of Alabama, they've produced 365 NFL players. So this is a big deal. Their stadium is bigger than most NFL stadiums, all NFL stadiums, it has a capacity of over 100,000 screaming Roll Tide Roll fans. Now, I'm going to be uh, interviewing Rick on this podcast. So, Rick, why don't you paint the scene on uh, what day did you get down to the University of Alabama?
1: Right on, Rob, right on. And uh, I'm just jazzed up to talk about this, relive the glory of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, It was several years ago now, but definitely in the prime of their dominancy, as you mentioned over the last decade. And I rolled down, pun intended, to Alabama on a Thursday afternoon. I I strategically flew into Atlanta because it was a lot cheaper than flying into Tuscaloosa, rented a car, drove a couple hours, got into Alabama Thursday afternoon and went right to right to the stadium I didn't want to go anywhere else but the stadium and that's because I had been coordinating with a young lady I think she was a senior at Alabama at that time and she worked in the athletic department and said Rick you're coming to town big fan I'll take a few minutes out of my day I'll give you a tour of the stadium and I'll show you around a little bit and I couldn't have been more appreciative and what she did for me paid off tenfold throughout the weekend
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I don't want to skip over what you did. I mean, for our fans listening, the preparation to actually going down, you know, walk them through that. All
1: right. So here's the deal. Rob and I love going to sporting events, but we love doing it because when we're doing it, we do it cheap as hell. We try to avoid all costs at all all expense. And if we can find something to do cheaper, we're going to do it because that's who we are. We're cheap people. But uh don't know if, don't,
0: I don't know Rick if we should be advocating that but uh you know what you said it it's on the podcast it's going to be on this forever so just keep rolling with it man Right I'm rolling
1: on I'm rolling on it's just the facts you know you try always trying to look for best way to spend your money and I'd rather spend 60 bucks on a flight 60 bucks on a on a car for a few days versus flying directly into Tuscaloosa and spending like $400 so No problems whatsoever on that. And then the other thing I think it's important to note, Rob, is going into this trip, my mentality was different than any other trip we had done before. The year before, we did our 10 games in 10 days throughout the Midwest. We've been on other trips before, but this was different. This was the mecca of college football, and it was in the South. And when you go to college football games in the South, you dress and act a little bit different than you do when you're at the Midwest or on the West coast or in the Northeast watching a college football game. And what I mean, what I mean by that Rob is the attire for specifically women, ladies, they're dressed in gowns and dresses. They look like they're going out to a ball and the men they're looking sharp too. They've got their suits on their bow ties, suspenders, khakis. It's,
0: It's a scene, a college football game in the South. Absolutely. Now go back to this stadium tour. Tell us about the tour that you were given and then the little extracurricular activity. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So here's
1: what happens. I get to Alabama, straight out of the rental car, a lot of energy. I meet up with this young lady, and she gives me an all-access, behind-the-scenes tour of Bryant-Denny Stadium. 100,000-plus-seat stadium. The place is empty, but you can feel the electricity. It's Thursday afternoon, big-time matchup coming up Saturday afternoon. SEC rival Texas A&M, both teams undefeated, rolling into this mid-October matchup. So things were – the weekend, just this campus had this electricity and buzz to it. And this this lady, she gives me a tour. She shows me, very importantly – She shows me the concourses, the um, areas below the grandstand, lower bowl area where, you know, you have to walk to get to the locker rooms. You have to walk to get out onto the field. Um, So she's given me the -the behind-the-scenes tour, and I very diligently am noting all of these things and aspects to this stadium because, you know what, I'm going to be there on Saturday. I might want to do some exploring. So I had a great time. We were probably together for about an hour and a half. Um, she couldn't have been nicer, got a chance to check out all the things I just mentioned and um, and then boom, you know what i um, I wanted to check out a couple more things and she couldn't join me for this, and I just wanted to explore the campus and I went on over to the athletic building that was headquarters for the football team, and that, my friend was just jaw-dropping. That area is where the weight room is. It's where their other main locker room is because their practice fields are over there. They've got a dining room set up for them. They've got their their office spaces for the coaches, their video rooms for all the players to meet in. They've got game rooms with Xbox and basketball hoops and everything you could possibly think of this place was more impressive than any NFL training complex. It really was, and I've been to a bunch, and this one was the best of the best. Rob,
0: it's it's unbelievable for those of you uh, podcasters listening. It's unbelievable to really tour a, a facility like Alabama, and you know we've we we went out to University of Oregon, which we'll talk about at a later episode, and. The kind of money that just goes into this, it's just like, oh, my gosh, this is better than half of the NFL stadiums and facilities, <laughs> which is uh, really cool. And just a fun fact right there, Rick, you were uh, you were uh, roaming the halls of this uh, facility and you could have easily ran into a lot of NFL players. I mean, back when you went to go see him, Derrick Henry was on the team. Ruben Foster was on the team. Uh, You know, you got HaHa Clinton Dix on the team at that time, TJ Yeldon.
1: The list goes on. The list goes on with all the NFL players that Alabama has produced. It's really remarkable. One of the things I found interesting was that a lot of former Alabama players who are actually in the NFL or retired out of the NFL will come back and assist in practices and really try to make the current Alabama players that much better so it's a really family culture that Nick Saban arguably the greatest college football coach has ever created and it's a special place the campus just is special too it's got like what you would typically picture the you know huge brick massive fraternity and sorority row houses with the big white columns and the butlers and the maids and the chefs it's just if you really want to pick one campus and university to go check out for a week or a weekend, I recommend Alabama highly
0: to all you podcast listeners. Absolutely. And uh, so the tour of the stadium, did you go inside the locker rooms and, and all that? Yep. I saw the locker rooms
1: of the stadium and then the locker rooms of their training facility. The training facility ones are always nicer than the stadiums just because that's where they are six days out of the week and they're only using the locker rooms in the stadium on game day basically eight days throughout the season at most, but uh, both are exceptionally nice. Like you said, the money goes just hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into these facilities, and that's just football alone. The other sports and teams at this Division One level at SEC schools are just crazy off the charts
0: as well, too. Exactly. So we're going to label that the uh, recon uh, section of this because it's going to come back and uh, during game time. But uh, let's just move on to a different topic. Who were your hosts for the weekend? Absolutely,
1: Rob. Well, none other than the amazing Grace, Janine, and Megan. These three young ladies, all from the Monmouth County area, were friends prior to me getting down to Tuscaloosa, and I'm happy to report friends after I left Tuscaloosa. These ladies are incredible. And it's not too hard to see why when you get a chance to meet their parents. Their parents are exceptional. And the reason why I bring that up is because it just so happened to be Parents Weekend in Alabama and Mr. and Mrs. for all three happened to be flying into town and joining us for our festivities. And it just made for a great weekend, all of us hanging out, whether it was dinners or brunches, Um, the the pregame and before the game itself—it was just awesome and a great time staying at their place. They had a beautiful setup, and their friends were fantastic. Uh, we've talked about it on prior podcasts. Rob, the hosts are one of the biggest reasons why we love doing these trips, and they're also the some of the fondest memories we have from our trips is spending
0: time with with the hosts and and just enjoying the atmospheres together. And let's not forget the other fact, you're cheap as hell and saves you a bunch of money, Rick. Well, that doesn't hurt either, Rob. <laughs> All right, so that was Thursday. You got into town, you met the host, you saw the stadium, you did the recon, you're, you're, you're fired up for the game against Texas A&M. What do you do Friday, the next day? You got a day to kill.
1: Yep. Well, listen, I got up bright and early. I went out, got the first tea time at the University of Alabama's golf course, which was exceptional. Definitely a recommendation for anybody down there. Uh, Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas, the pro golfer, probably one of your more notable young superstars on the PGA Tour, Alabama graduate. And, um, then after that, we really, it was a group effort. Me and the ladies got together that afternoon and we, uh, really did a lot of, uh, work to get the next day's party all set up. We were securing sound systems and, um, beverages, food, uh, decorations, anything you could possibly think of that would host a D1 Alabama Ragers on uh, a saturday afternoon in the fall so uh we spent a lot of time doing that uh friday evening we all went out to dinner parents included and then we hit the town we went
0: late into the evening you're telling me mr and mrs galano were throwing down in t-town i'm telling you that the galanos the clarks
1: and the julianos were having the time of their lives and i was right there alongside enjoying myself and It was awesome. Great place. Awesome campus. And the nightlife is definitely a scene there.
0: All right. All right. Well, sounds like a great time, uh, you know, for Thursday and Friday. But, you know, you're there for Saturday, Rick. Saturday is for the boys. Saturday is game time. So, you know, walk me through your mental preparation for, for this big SEC matchup. Absolutely, Rob. I felt like a
1: kid on Christmas Eve the night before. I just, you know, anticipation for what I felt like was going to be one of the most memorable days of my life as a sports fan. I had looked forward to this trip for a long time. You know, let's talk about it. I ordered the suit. I coordinated all the stuff I needed to do with the tickets and the transportation and the tours and the golf. But here it was Saturday, the day I had been looking forward to. The ladies I was staying with knew I was stoked for the game and that was my number one focus and uh, around noontime things were really getting going I mean they were really looking good over at the the house the party was rocking the beer was flowing the food was just galore the spread was fantastic but uh, I was there for the game and as much as I like a good party you know it was several hours before kickoff but I was I was revved up I was ready to head on down about a half mile walk to the stadium and I said ladies I'll catch up with you later on enjoy the party I will I will see you soon hopefully
0: now Rick Rick I'm gonna post pictures on Instagram with your outfit in it but just for the listeners right now why don't you wet their whistle and you know head to toe tell them what you're rocking don't skimp this this is a big deal it
1: is a big deal because of what it it eventually you know through trials and tribulations, I learned a lot that weekend that helped us for future road trips. I'm essentially dressed like I'm going out to a banquet. I have on a full crimson colored three-piece suit. And in addition to that, I've got the Alabama bow tie with the A on it. I've got uh, the lanyard with my ticket in the clear part. And that is tucked into my inside jacket as we've learned uh now always having lanyards is important always having lapel pins a nice american flag a nice alabama roll tie pin on your suit helps um looking sharp got a nice haircut before that i headed down there and uh ready to go ready to go rob so i got my
0: suit and my shoes and i'm, I'm you got walking. the aviators on you got the aviators on is that right
1: That's right. I was, uh, it was a beautiful picture, perfect, you know, probably 75, 80 degree afternoon there. And I made my way to the stadium and bar after bar, party after party, I passed by just the ladies were looking and the guys were wishing. And I don't know what that means, but I got to the stadium and here's what I want to paint the picture for. All the podcast listeners out there. In college football, they do something a lot different than they do in the NFL football world. What they do, a big component, obviously the tailgating that goes on around the stadium is huge, but about two hours before kickoff, the team will arrive and they don't just pull into a parking lot and nonchalantly walk into the stadium their entrance into the stadium at all stadiums around the country is like a big to do. It gets people riled up. And at Alabama, you could picture buses, really nice coach buses, five, six, seven of them pulling up about a hundred, I'd say about 150 feet from the stadium. And there's this big open lawn, big open walkway to the stadium that is just filled with tens of thousands of raging fans. Little kids, grown adults, grandparents. It's just Hundred Probably 100,000 people there two hours before the game. Many of them go into the stadium. A lot of them don't even actually go in for the game. They just watch on a big screen and a radio, and they enjoy their tailgate with their buddies. So if the stadium holds 100,000, I think you're really putting maybe 150,000 people in and around the stadium on game day. So the place is mobbed, the players and the coaches get off these buses, and they've got a distance to walk before they walk into the stadium, and they've got state troopers with them to keep them safe, and they, too, coincidentally, were dressed like they were ready to go to work. Like, they had suits on, they had their aviators rocking, every single one of them. Their their coaches had their, you know, professional leather bags on. And everybody just looked revved up like they're here for business, you know?
0: Absolutely. And Rick, you know, I think the fans need to know this, too, for them that don't know you. You played football in college. You played uh, Division three football at Kane University, wide receiver. So you look like a football player. You are six, what? One, two? Exactly. And I'm just shredded muscle, like two times. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Keep going. Stop.
1: Wait, it. is that not the picture you wanted me to paint?
0: No, 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 Just <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going. All right. All right.
1: So, so here we are. You're right though, Rob. I very much blend in. I look the part. And we've talked about this on prior podcasts. We'll reinforce it later podcasts. Always looking the part, having the confidence is a big thing. I didn't know like what this whole dynamic was going to be. What I did know was I was having the time of my life. I was there taking a bunch of pictures. I was watching Nick Saban and everybody roll in. And you know what? I was in the front row. And all of a sudden, it was almost like people were now actually kind of looking at me again because of my attire, my confidence. Um, So I like the team is walking by and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This is a great opportunity for me to get closer to the stadium without having to try to fight the mob. And I wasn't thinking anything of it, but I basically hopped in line with the team and the coaches. And here I was now actually like being protected by the security, the troopers themselves. And, and here we are, we're walking in. I'm Rob, I kid you Rick, not. Rick, I
0: got to stop you. I got to stop you. So for the listeners out there, I've heard this story before, but for the listeners out there, let me get this straight. The state troopers were protecting the University of Alabama players from you. They might have looked the other way. And then you snuck in line with the University of Alabama players. You're walking with Nick Saban, Lane Kiffin, and the Alabama players. Is that correct? Am I hearing you correctly?
1: You know, snuck is is a strong word. I would (laughs) say I casually joined. And uh, here I was in line, like you said. Listen, there wasn't hundreds of like security personnel around them it was a couple in the front a couple in the back scattered in between and here i was in line you know the team roster is 100 people plus all the assistant coaches we're talking 200 people probably so it wasn't too hard to to blend in and so anyway Fast forward, I'm in line, we're walking up to the stadium, we make a couple, like, bend to our left, we go by, again, tens of thousands of people just cheering, high-fiving, taking pictures, and now, like, the stadium is, like, right there, it's right in front of me, and there's no stopping these guys, like, they're going right in, and, like, here I am, I got guys behind me, guys in front of me, I almost would have been disrupting the team on game day if I aborted my position in this, in this line. And so I felt like I had to do my part, you know, as a team player and continue. (laughs) I continued in and, and boom, now all of a sudden I'm back in the concourse area underneath the stadium, essentially where I was on Thursday from that tour, which you referenced as recon. And now I felt at home because I knew where I was. I knew where the locker room was. I knew where, the tunnel down to the field was. And so now we're underneath the stadium. There there are no fans around. It's just team personnel. And I'm saying to myself, holy smokes, this is really cool. And we're walking, we're walking, we're going in the direction of where I know the locker room is. I played college football. I know this is what the team does. They get to the stadium. They get comfortable in the locker room, probably for about a half hour to 45 minutes. They get their equipment on. uh, They start going out and doing some warm-ups on the field. They warm up for a while. They come back in. Then they go back out for the game. It's a whole process. If if you've played college sports, if you played high school sports, you probably understand the flow. So here I am. I realize very quickly I don't have any equipment waiting for me in the locker room. There isn't going to be a stool for me with a locker that says Brant on it. So I'm running out of time here with the team, and that's when I decided to go left. I went left down the tunnel towards the field. The players went right towards the locker room. It was a seamless split, no issues, no problem. And here I was, Rob, walking out of the tunnel that the Alabama Crimson Tide run out of each Saturday in the fall. And
0: it was just so beautiful, the scene, to walk out (laughs) An empty stadium, Rob. So now so now you're at this empty stadium. You got the suit on. You got the lanyard, which it's very important to wear a lanyard because it makes it look official. Um, so what do you do? How do you kill the time?
1: Right. So there's the CBS crew there. They're setting up the sky cam. There's a few personnel people setting up the Gatorades and necessary equipment for in-game training staff, et cetera. Um, So I started talking to some of them, getting some pictures out on the middle of the field in the A. I just love that. You know, we've talked about it. I like to pose on the logo. Just that's a great picture. You can't pass that one up. Uh, Let's see. The the head coach for the other team, Texas A&M, Kevin Sumlin, I believe his name is. Great guy. He's now coaching assistant at Arizona. But At the time was Texas A&M's coach. He comes out. He's in a suit. I'm in a suit. We're both, you know, talking and uh, wished him good luck. I saw the cheerleaders getting ready, warming up, spent time with them. Wonderful crew, both the male and the female cheerleaders at D1 programs. It's like a big thing. You know that. And so um now like things are starting to fill in a little bit more but that first you know hour on the field basically by yourself you really gotta like we've done before on previous podcasts blend in have a lot of confidence and that's what i did rob
0: that is fantastic Rick. i love it i love it so you enjoyed yourself down on the field it's starting to be the game time what's the atmosphere like here you know you got the roll tide roll sweet home alabama playing
1: it's undescribable, Rob. The electricity in that stadium as the stand, stands are filling up and the people are just filing in. Uh, the players are just out there, just motivated like anything to to play the game. You've got the band on the field before the game, doing their pregame hype, getting the fans excited. You know the ceremonial coin toss. It was wonderful to be a part of and get a chance to see the guys out there on the field and you know what I was thinking I probably was going to have to leave the field but I ended up
0: not like nobody. where was your where was your seat that you purchased the ticket for Rob you
1: know just like our viewers know that the title of our podcast is about how we take nosebleed seats and we turn them into on-field passes and that's exactly what this situation was I had the cheapest I think $85
0: nosebleed seat where the guys look like ants down on the field. And let me tell you, Rob, I never made it close to that seat. No, you did not. You did not. You hung out on the field. And uh, did Alabama win that game?
1: Oh, my gosh, Rob. It was like 35 nothing at halftime. I was just like – actually, I don't want to say I was bored, but, it, you know, I spent a full half on the sideline literally – where the players are standing there might have been a couple other people that weren't part of the team standing with me but for the most part spent the you were whole ba- you were basically drawing up plays for them it was pretty much the situation that's that's correct and um you know what i also wanted to actually get up into the stands a little bit and get a different vantage point and just check out the stadium from a different angle the field was amazing i enjoyed that for like four hours between pregame and first half. So here I was, I wanted to go up into the stands a little bit. I ended up finding uh, the Julianos. I sat with Mr. and Mrs. We watched the second half together. Alabama destroyed them. It was like 49 nothing or something. And uh, then you know what, afterwards, after the game was over, we all met up, me and the ladies, we went out, we had a great time. Um, It was just such a priceless experience. I learned so much. You and I have talked about it, Rob. When one person goes to a sporting event by themselves, they can do pretty much anything they want to do. It is so easy to go to different places and check out different things. When you're with two people like you and I are almost always on our sports trips, it also is pretty easy to maneuver and check out various things throughout an arena. It's when you add a third person that the dynamic just becomes – it's more of like a group now. And that is – it's not as easy to do what we do at sporting events with three and definitely not four people.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a a numbers game for sure. Wow. Well, that sounds like an unbelievable story. And and for the podcasters that are um, listening, that is – the story that changed the game for our road trips forever. The bar was raised. We bought suits for a lot of our games. Uh, we went above and beyond. Uh, next week's episode, we're going to talk to uh, one of our dear friends, friend of the pod, Timmy Gorman. Uh, it's a pretty epic story. He's a, he broke the four-minute mile. And, uh, but after that, we have the Super Bowl week episodes I don't know Rob, if a trilogy but we're gonna we're gonna span that one out because that's gonna be an epic experience
1: Rob I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl stories but I also don't wanna don't wanna just pass over what you just said Tim Galano ran a Timmy Gorman
0: to Timmy excuse
1: me Timmy Gorman we know Tim Galano couldn't run anything from our experience out of Notre Dame but Timmy Gorman ran a four minute mile, which is absurd. And he's training for the Olympics. He went to the University of Oregon. Prior to that, he was at Dartmouth. I mean, this guy is just an absolute stud. I loved talking with Shane last week. I can't wait to talk to Evan.
0: Um, And when I say Evan, well, it's Timmy. It's not Evan Gourmet. His brother's Evan. This is Timmy we're talking to.
1: Listen, by the next podcast, I'm going to have this down pat, and I couldn't be more excited, Rob. So let me (laughs) sign off before
0: I say anything detrimental to my character. My name is Rick. And I'm Rob, and we're the Brothers Brant. Thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next week.